Welcome to the Holmesville's Church of the Brethren. This is the worship service for September 11th, 2022. Please join in our call to worship. We come here to draw water, thirsty for new life. We come here to draw water, bringing our past and our present, our messy truths and our deepest scars. We come here to draw water, carrying shame and in need of grace. Fortunately for us, God always meets us at the well. So breathe deeply and drink up. God is here. The water is clean. Let us worship God. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, sisters, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, sisters, let's go down, down in the river to pray. Like the woman at the well, we so often are unraveled by shame. Forgive us for forgetting that we are made in your image. 
Forgive us for forgetting that you see us and love us as we are. Unravel the shame that unravels us. Gratefully we pray. Amen. once again taken from the book Dear God, Honest Prayers to a God Who Listens by Bunmi Latitan. Dear God, each time I've tried to lead my life, I've steered it onto the rocks. As I sort through the rubble again, examining the tattered remains of my misplaced pride, I am both tired and grateful that you loved me enough to never let me make my home anywhere but in your heart. I ignored the whispers, so you shouted in the wind, and your voice tore through my sails. I mend them together now, slowly and deliberately, making sure each stitch bears your name. I am royalty through you. Let me never wave a beggar's flag again. I am chosen. Let me never speak the language of the orphan. I am provided for. Let me never make a meal of scraps. Love me. Our scripture is John 4, 1 through 29. 
Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard Jesus is making and baptizing more disciples than John, although it was not Jesus himself but his disciples who baptized, he left Judea and started back to Galilee. But he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty The water that I will give them will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When He comes, He will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am He, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, What do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? 
Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? Let's take a look at the woman at the well, the very first evangelist. Now, there are many assumptions about this woman, that she was immoral, that she avoided the other women of the town by going to the well in the middle of the day, etc., etc., etc. And I can see where those assumptions came from. I have even bought into them at times, but I would ask us to look at this story with our assumptions in check for just a moment. Let's look at this conversation with fresh eyes. A Samaritan woman came to the well in the middle of the day. A Samaritan woman. She already has two strikes against her as far as Jesus is concerned. One, she is a Samaritan. We have already talked about the Babylonian exile when we talked about Jeremiah. The elite, the craftsmen, those who were somebody, those were the people taken into captivity in Babylon. The common rabble were left behind in that conquered land to pick up the pieces and to try to go on with the business of living. And what happened? Well, eventually the ones left behind intermarried with their captors and neighbors. And since Jerusalem, their center of worship, was destroyed, these Samaritans worshipped on a holy mountain, Mount Gerizim. And since the priests were put out of business by the exile, they kind of made up their own brand of religion, with a bit of their neighbor's religion mixed in. Not good from the vantage point of the Jews who were not of Samaria. So when the Jews returned to rebuild the temple at Jerusalem, they regarded these Samaritans as mongrels. Jews would have nothing to do with Samaritans, and the animosity ran both ways. Two, the Samaritan woman was a woman. No Jewish man would speak to a woman, an unrelated woman, in public. It simply was not done. It would have been an incredible breach of etiquette, kind of like removing your shoes in a restaurant. Simply not done. Period. So put those two terms together. Samaritan woman. Nope. Jesus would not be talking to her. No way. But Jesus is a rebel. We have seen it before. Jesus touches lepers. Jesus heals on the Sabbath. Jesus calls out the Pharisees for the hypocrites they are. So Jesus engages this woman in conversation. And not only does he speak to her, he holds the longest conversation recorded in the Bible between Jesus and one other individual. Because Jesus does not see a Samaritan woman, Jesus sees a hurting soul. 
And when the Samaritan woman takes Jesus up on his offer of living water, when she says to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water, this is when Jesus cuts to the heart of the matter. In what seems like an abrupt change of subject, Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come back. You see, Jesus knew the source of her deep pain. Whether she was widowed five times or divorced five times, whatever the reason she has had five husbands and now lives under the protection of one who is not her husband doesn't matter. What does matter is that she is seen. She is seen by Jesus, who does not judge. She is held in love by Jesus, who does not scold her for her poor judgment, nor does he shun her for her bad luck. I will close with words from Nadia Bolz Weber's sermon, Wounds and Wells. You want to stop trying to quench your thirst with things that will never satisfy? You want this eternal life? Then it starts with being seen. It starts with the truth, the naked truth of your original wound and your original beauty and every good and bad thing about you. You have heard it said that water finds its lowest point. Well, Living water finds your lowest point. The living water offered by Jesus Christ finds your lowest point. It flows to your original wound. The thing that you spend so much energy trying to heal through all the insufficient ways, relationships, religion, success, more graduate degrees, more therapy, working out, trying to get your parents to love you more. There are a million ways we try to use substitutes for God to try to make sure our damage is not seen. Catholic theologian James Allison describes faith not as intellectually ascending to a set of theological propositions, but he describes faith as relaxing. Relaxing in the love and presence of God, in the way we relax in the presence of someone we are certain is fond of us. I think this is what happened to the woman at the well. I think living water found a crack in her defenses and trickled down to her lowest point, her deepest wound, her greatest need, and she finally exhaled. In fact, she relaxed so much, she totally left her water jar at the well. Being known and loved and forgiven in our true form by our true God can quench our spiritual thirst in a way that no amount of success or admiration or romantic love or social justice work ever can. I don't know why this is God's economy, that our greatest wound, our deepest shame, our greatest sin, is also our greatest gift, our greatest teacher. I just know it is. This is how you are seen by God, good people. 
that whatever that lowest point of you is, whatever the deepest wound, the vilest sin, the damaged thing in you is, the living water of Christ's compassion will find it, can find it, has found it. You can just leave your jars behind. Let us pray. O source of living water, we thank you that you see to our deepest need. Fill us with your mercy and grace. In Jesus' name, amen.
Go with your thirst assaged by the living water. Go and tell others about the love you have found. Go with God's peace. Amen.